to the Derek Dedouches podcast. I apologize for the name for some of you who find it distasteful, but let's get started. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Larry Hankin, and uh, for some of you, for, for some of you who don't know, he's been on many sitcoms such as Seinfeld, um, such as Friends. He's been in over a hundred plus movies. He's got his uh, degree, I believe, from Syracuse. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Syracuse University. Syracuse. So, what, what was your graduating yeah. class on that? Industrial design. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to go to art school. My parents wouldn't pay for art school. Uh, so I signed up for industrial design because they had an art school there and it was designing, so it was close to art. So I just signed up. I didn't know what I was getting into. I mean, I, I had no idea. I mean, I sort of knew what industrial design was, but I had no idea about the math and the and the engineering and stuff. <laughs> I no I'm idea. a CNC machinist. I'm terrible at math, so it makes no sense. I mean, we're going to know. Well, it made no sense to me either, but there I was. And, you know, once I get into something, I just do it as best I can. I mean, I, I don't have any, uh, or else I get out. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't put up with crap. I can't, I can't I've noticed it, that. Man. I've noticed that. That's a good thing, though. You stand for what you believe, you know? You got oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes against my own will. <laughs> against, <laughs> I'm for something that I know, you know this is going to be trouble, man, but okay. Yeah, that's, that's always the case sometimes, you know? But I, I actually, I remember speaking with you on the phone, and we were talking about um, some of the uh, earlier things that you've done in your career. Um, some of the things that I've talked about all the time. And uh, I noticed that you have a dossier out, um, I believe. And what was the name of that, that book that you put out? It was like a funny kind of book? Oh, it's called um, it's called The Loopholes Dossier. I, I haven't checked up on it in about a year. It's oh, called wow. The Loopholes Dossier. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of quirky. The first third is great. It's, a, it's three fable, uh, seven fables in the life of sometimes jones it's called the seven fables of sometimes jones and they're just uh fables with kind of satirical morals they're satirical fables they're funny fables they're they're, they're, they're satires of what fables are but they're i just modernized them i put them in present day and i and the seven fables are the seven different stages of sometimes jones life each of the first one is when he runs away from his family at the age of 15 and becomes uh, the best pickpocket in San Francisco at the age <laughs> of 15. And what that leads to, and then, and then he picks the pocket of the president of the United States and, and he gets a uh, magic credit card in a, in a wallet. And that leads to all kinds of uh, misadventures and, uh, and it just adventures. But yeah, he learns a couple of lessons. The, 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 the trick about it, I guess sometimes Jones is every, for every lesson he learns he forgets one. Oh, all right, so, all right. Uh, so he's always so going by, back to square one. No, no, he just uh, you know if, he doesn't know where he can he doesn't he doesn't build. He uh what do you call it? It's not it's not this way. He 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 lives this way. Oh, uh, vertically, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, yeah. He doesn't he learns what he has to learn, but he doesn't, but, and then he forgets what he learned because this is a new situation. So <laughs> yeah. he's always making up for lost ground in a way. And then finally at the end, he, uh, it ends at the age of 
But he goes through uh, girlfriends, he goes through a marriage, he goes through a divorce, he goes through breaking up, he goes through uh, buying ins- life insurance, he goes through <laughs> uh, just every kind of life situation, uh, you know, in, in, in seven stages at the age of, I think it's 55, he finally ends up in a monastery on the top mountain in, in Tibet. Oh, wow. And he's still, you know... He's, he's a, I guess he's a born fuck up, you know. So, so where do you? Where, <laughs> I know a lot about that. You'd be surprised. Uh, where do you? Where do you come up with the ideas for something like this? Because it's so. It seems for me, for me, from what happens to me. Yeah, it seems like that. Me, it's it does. It, it, well, the, the the whole point of writing, to me anyway, is one is to get it out of your head. That that's. Just as simple as that. Just whatever is in your head, just yeah. get it out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Put it down, and then if you can, you know, some some people get it out of there by by uh, pulling down statues. Oh, Other yeah. people get it out by putting it down on paper. Yeah, some yeah. people put it down in, in prose and then poetry. Some people get it out by hurting people. You know, it just yeah, get it out that's of there. Sad. That is sad. Uh, so. I uh, and then the other the other that's that's only a part of it. Well, I remember I remember watching one of the shorts. I'm sorry, I remember watching one of your shorts. It was really cool because uh, uh, sometimes Jones pickpocketed uh, pickpocketed an angel, and it was that's, a two- that's the one that there yeah, that's the one uh, that that's the one I was talking about. Yeah, the two for one the two for one card. Yeah, the two for one. I like card. that one. Yeah, so that well, that's the awesome. first one. That's the one he, where he runs away. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I've always dreamed, uh, where, where'd that story come from? At some point you get so frustrated, uh, yeah, you get, I don't know, you're, this is my own idea of how psychology works, but first of all, you got to go down and you, you know, you just keep writing and each time you write more and more, it's like an exercise, it's like exercising a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger it gets. Absolutely. The stronger it gets. Yeah. Well, the more you write, it's not the writing that gets better. It's the opening of the channel into your subconscious by writing. That's what you're doing. By writing, you're opening your subconscious. And the more you clear out that coal bin of subconsciousness, that, that all that bullshit, that you, all the nightmares, which nightmares are not real. Okay. But nightmare, your subconscious keeps them. Yeah, it stores don't. them. Yeah, you, you know that's what it does. Remember the bad. So, so if you can clear out that, get those nightmares that are not real, out onto the page, they do relate to your daily life. Yes. The nightmares relate. Yes. Well, if you get them out on the page, you got a good story, and you you cleaned out the bin, and you can think faster and better. You know, so the more yeah. you write, the more you. But if you're if you're writing just claptrap, you know, it it doesn't. You got to get serious about it. Poetry is the best way to do it. Music is is also another clearing house for just getting a flow. Flow is the whole point. Now, now aren't you a musician yourself too? When you say that? Well, I'm I'm learning music. I found that uh, in my golden years, (laughs) I uh, I found that music. I've always been into, I've tried to listen to the lyrics, but I never really listened to the music, uh, you know. And then the other day, I had a, 
I had an insight into how musicians listen to music. And it's, it just blew my mind because that's what I've been trying to do. And he cleared it out. I mean, yeah, so he said, I, I showed some songs and uh, music that I had written to a, an actual record producer. You know, young, young, young guy, but that a uh, friend of mine. So he listened to it and uh, he was very kind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I can tell you being very humble there. <laughs> so I, I appreciated that. But he, he did say one, one thing. He said, well, you know, I, I wrote a protest song. I wrote a love song. So he said, well, you know, that's a love song. Uh, he said, that's a protest song, right? I, I, well, if you have to ask, man. Uh, so, but then he said, and, um, you know, work on the strumming, not on the, you know, on the finger picking. He said, but listen to your thumb. Okay. I go, now listen. So, and that was it. That was the epiphany right there. Because I played guitar, I finger picked. You know, I can do it. I mean, but, you know, this guy's a professional record producer. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with Bob Dylan, these yeah. people, you know. So, I mean, this guy is listening. Yep. I was just. You know, hey, what do you think? You know, exactly. it doesn't listen like that. But so what I did was I played a guitar, I strummed, I played I, and I sang. I, you know, and I'm trying to get my lyrics out. I'm trying to sing on key. I'm trying to do all the right things. And this guy picks out my thumb. <laughs> what my thumb was doing. I'm trying to get these four fingers to hit the right Right, and he's listening right. to my thumb. Yeah. I'm singing. I'm doing lyrics. I'm, my voice is coming out. He's listening to my thumb. And I thought, holy cow. So I listened to my thumb. I played it again after he told me this yeah. on the phone. And I listened to it. My thumb was working out. My thumb was right on. My thumb was doing the right, you know, it was, it was doing the bass line. Yeah. I mean, not, not that fast, but. But it was it was working, and he heard it, and so you know to be kind, and, and he, he picked out the best thing that I was doing. But that's, and then I, so that turned my it turned me onto my ears, and how close I should be listening. If I wanted to be a musician, then you got to listen, and you got to listen to music, and you got to listen to all. I mean, he breaks down if he's listening to a band, he's also listening. To the guitar and the guitar yeah. riff for the and, bass, and he, he's he's got it all separated. And, and to me, it's just a well, you know, a, a, a wall of sound, as we used to say in the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So sound. I was listening to a wall of sound, and he's no, he's listening to every string. And I thought, wow, okay, so there's I just learned something. He didn't yeah. even know he was teaching me something. Well, so yeah. Well, what that tells me, though, is that you're still working on new things. So, well, am I, am I working guessing? on everything all the yeah. time? So is there anything new particular that you'd want to point out that you're working on or anything that you'd want to talk about or discuss? Oh, well, there's the, the two things. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear about them. Uh, one is uh, my website. I just opened up a website. I'm trying to go into... I'm trying to go into business. I'm trying to be a businessman. All right, so and what's, what's like the, the, the last bastion of an artist? <laughs> I want to be a businessman. Um, so, <laughs> I think that's every American. I want to sell my stuff, so I want to be a businessman. Uh, so I, I started a website. 
but it's a, it's a business. I'm, I'm, I'm selling my paint. See those, those paintings. I was just going to, I was just going to say, notice these paintings in the background, literally. Yeah. Yeah. You did those? Uh, there, there's one, the, the best one is right up here, but. And you uh, did those yourself? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Uh, those, those two are, uh, that's called hood in the hood. I like that one. And, uh, uh, actually oh. the, the long title, let me get the, the long title. I've forgotten it already, but it's, uh, Hood in the hood in the hood. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's a hoodie in the hood. Hood in the hood. It, it's a, a hood. Uh, a hoodie yeah. in, a, in a hood. Okay, anyway, so it's, it's kind of cool. I, I like it. I like uh, that. So I'm making a T-shirt out of that. Oh, and then uh, it'll be on a T-shirt. And and this one is a, kind of a protest thing. It's, it's a businessman going, sure, and then the people have splattered paint on it. You know? Nice. So... Uh, and then the other ones are, I should, I should have little uh, things, but anyway, so there's about 44 of them up on the website. It's called the, the real Larry There's about 44 paintings. Now they're not t-shirts yet. Everything is going to be a t-shirt. All those 44, they're not all protests. They're not all like that. So, so people that might be interested can find it on the let real Larry uh, real Larry Now they're going up and they're going to be So the 44, paintings those are well they're prints they're really prints okay so they're that's how the size they should be they're about three by four is the smallest really but you can get them smaller but but that's the way i've designed them is that big um but uh the so all of them are go going to be t-shirts they're not t-shirts yet but uh they they will be uh then there'll be 44 of them and, and they're all not protests they're all Portraits and women hmm. and men. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen like you do really good work. Like the shadings of your of your of your paintings as well. You do really well. Like I just love doing it, man. It just gets it because I'm typing all the time and I, I need color. You need color. Yeah, you need creation. Just wash my wash my eyes. Yeah, your left brain. Your left brain heavy. That's what it is. You're very creative. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 OCD. I'm ADHD and I'm dyslexic. So, uh, <laughs> but it helps. It, but look what it's done for oh, you. Yeah. It hasn't. It doesn't seem like it's held you back, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, it does, because uh, socially, I'm just oh. a terror. <laughs> just, I'll tell you what, what you don't want to hear. No, I mean, I it's just socially, I mean, I just, I have no... Uh, filter. No, yeah, exactly, None. I have no filter. I, I just, uh, so some people get very uh, upset. Upset. Yeah, yeah same here. Social discourse, my dancer. Hence, hence the podcast named Derek the Douche. That's why I have. Oh, that. oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's fine, man. Because people, so they, they just they get upset. Welcome to the club, or I know. Or me, I welcome know. to your club. Well, no, I'm in your club. That's fine with me. You can be the leader. I'll be the follower. I'm fine. No, no, that's yeah. There's the danger right there. Don't follow leaders. <laughs> Watch the parking meters. You know, <laughs> All right, that's a good point. That's a good point. So you said there was two things you wanted to talk about. So there was one of them. Oops. Oh, there was one of them. And uh, the other one is um, this the screenplay that I just finished that I'm working on. Man, that is, it's the first time I've ever worked hard on anything. I, I, I walk away from hard work. I don't, I, I just, uh, I just like, I like flow. I just like yeah. flow, man. And if it's not flowing, forget it. So I've walked out on a lot of actually very great things that I should have stayed in. I'm going to circle. I want to circle back to that, actually. That's a good question to ask you later. But what is what is this new project about that you're working on? Well, that's interesting. I just spoke to a, a, a big-time uh, 
uh, reader for Quentin Tarantino. Oh, uh, she's ooh. a big maca maca, you know, in in Hollywood. All right. Uh, and uh, she's a she's also a producer, uh, but she she checks his screenplays, uh, and she gives lectures and stuff. So I was talking to her on the phone. I I uh, I, I got access. Access is important in Hollywood. It's important everywhere. It is. That's the, the, third, the, the third leg of the stool, of the art stool. Art, business, and access. <laughs> Sit down and do it. Uh, so she, uh, she said, you know, there's a lot of different stories in here. So my only defense was, well, I'm eclectic. I, I take from various... I mean, because there's... I started out, I wanted to write a horror movie, like a vampire movie. Right. So I had that in mind, but I, you know, but so I, I did. And when I say this, is the first time I've ever worked hard on anything, this is the first time I've ever researched anything or, or done research. I just usually write off the top of my head. I'm an improviser. You know, I'm, I'm a really good improviser. I'm a born improviser. I'm a born talker. In other words, we're not, this isn't planned. I'm just talking. Well, you put me on a stage. I'm just as loose. Yeah, you know, but in a in a confined, you know, for the scene and the blah blah blah. But okay, I can do that. But if you told me, you know, if you wrapped out the scene to me before we went on stage to improvise it, if you say, hey, well, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, yeah. you know, didn't write it. Down, I I get out there, I'd be flabbergasted. I would be dumbfounded. Yeah. I would be. I I would just be. I couldn't speak. But you're good with like an outline. Like give you an outline. You kind of get not, not even an outline. It's just, it's just because when, when you do a real improv, and, and that's what we were doing, that's and that's true, what I was no trained outline. to do, is the audience calls, they, they tell you who you are. You have no, they say, all right, you're a baker and, and, and you're a bus driver. And then they tell you where you are. You know, yeah. oh, you're, you're, you're uh, in, a, in, in, a, in an egg noodle factory. And okay, I, I'm a bus driver. And then they tell you, uh, they give you a topic, you know, uh, uh, picking your nose. <laughs> okay. And then you got to go. And then you got to do a scene uh, about a bus driver picking his nose with uh, whoever you are, you know. Yeah. And you do it. And, uh, you know, where and you're in an egg noodle factory. And, and you, you just do it because it's all there. Yeah, See, yeah. That, that's the whole thing. It's all there already. Yeah. What you have to do is relax enough to just flow, let it flow. I remember a rapper was trying to teach me how to rap, and I couldn't do it, man. He just said, no, just, just talk, just talk. We were driving, we were driving, yeah. you know, on this long, long country road. We were going to some production uh, location, Yeah. long country. So we had nothing to talk about, so he, was, he started to rap, you know, up, 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 up. And I go, wow, man, that's cool, man. And you just make that up? He goes, yeah, yeah, just, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he said, you got it. You, you, it's your turn. Man, I always, I, I, it's, it's fear. It's fear yes. of being wrong, yep. of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. And you know, fear you never, kills you everything. So, of course, you're not well, it's, no. It doesn't matter that you've never done it. I've never done this conversation. I'm totally That's relaxed. True. I'm talking to you. True, true. It's fear kills everything. Right. And the more and the less fear, and that's why you aren't clean out the COVID. You know, clean out your subconscious because yeah. it it keeps fear. Fear is what it loves to keep. Your subconscious loves fear. 
Entonces, just, uh, just, oh, yeah, no, don't let it go. But if you do it, it all comes, because it, that's a stop. It's like a cork. It's, it's like a cork. So I, when I write, I try to loosen that, that cork up. And sometimes it just it flows out, you know, and, and then you, 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 the story is telling you, the characters are telling And sometimes you have to do research. And so it's this screenplay that I'm writing. <clears throat> right now, the, the title, well, I can't tell you the title. It's a good title. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. Uh, but but, but uh, in the beginning, I started to write because I had a good idea. You know, well... And there was about a vampire, but I had to have a twist. Now, that's one of the first things I found in research is if you're going to write a horror, nowadays, nowadays you just wrote the same thing over and over again. You know, if you wrote a horror story and it was a success, I would just change the names and the location. I'd write the same story. Yeah. And then, you know, put different people in it and, you know, and then they're all formula. Well, now they, that, that's, that's, done and my learning uh, scroll is back in the in the 60s and the 70s and that's dead now all those yeah. formulas are dead so i had to learn new stuff you know yeah. so that that's kind of so anyway it's very hard and uh what what i have in there is i have a, a gang a couple a vampire uh, thrills, surprises, and she said, "Wow, you're all over the map. You got every kind of story. You have every genre. Yeah, yeah. And every kind of movie genre in here." I said, "Well, I'm eclectic, you know, like Picasso, like Dylan. <laughs> you know, you just pull everything, you throw in it, you know, flashing images." <laughs> but but she liked it. She said she thought it was really good. But she she said, "Well, you got a uh, more." more reality to your characters, which she's right on, you know, okay. a couple of the characters in the gang were kind of just, you know, oh, gang, oh, here, you know, you're, you know, just off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. And she said, no, you got to go deeper. They got to be like individual gang members. Each person has got to be, have their own background, have their own story. Right, right. Just, you know, and I never did that. And that is standard homework for a screenwriter. I never knew that. No, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, if you have, if you have 20, well, let's, let's, let's go, okay, 10. If you have 10 major characters, you know, like two or three stars and then seven maybe, you know, yeah. uh, other co-stars, yeah. whatever. You have to do a background biography of every one of those characters. That's a lot of work, man. It is. That's not creativity. That's reading and taking notes yeah. and shit. And you got to cram it all into like a two-hour movie because people's attention spans nowadays too. They complain. Well, the, yeah, uh, but well, it doesn't. No, the story can. I mean, there are see, there are. I saw. I watched the movie. Uh, uh, Maybe it was invisible. About an invisible guy, he got an invisible suit. It was a big hit. Hmm. It was a couple of months ago. Was it, was it called the Invisible Award? The Invisible Man? That's the recent. That's the no, no. That's way back. No, this I'm talking about a couple of months ago, like about six months ago. It was up for an Academy Award for this year. But anyway, it was about a guy. A very, you know, very modern story. Takes place today. But a scientist who invents a, an invisibility suit, he can put it on and become invisible. And, he, and the guy, whoever wrote it, 
I, I'm sure he was into science way before he started writing school. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. he had worked out the scientific building blocks of making an invisible suit. I mean, obviously, you can't make an invisible yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. But he convinced me yes. and the rest of the audience that, oh, right, you can put that on and you're invisible. That, yeah. You know, and, and it was up to speed on on, on sci-fi today. Yeah. He did, he did enough research. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool. Because, yeah. I mean, for you to convince me... Larry Hankin, that you're going to put on an invisible suit and become invisible, and I'm going to watch you for two hours. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And he did it. And, he did and I it. thought, cool. That's research. You know, that, that's, that's interesting, he, though, the way that you view that. Because that says that you actually view movies not only for the, the, the story, but you're looking for, like, the intricacies in between. Like, did they do this right? Did they get that right? Which is really I'm good. I'm trying especially. to learn how to write a screenplay. Yeah. Now, to your point, he most of that movie, whether psychologically or in reality to me, most of that movie was in long masters because what he tried to do was leave the camera linger for fear to let you know there's where I know something's coming, but where is it coming from? And he would just hang or, or very slowly push in on something. And you uh, know, I'm going to be scared and I, somewhere I'm going to be scared and it's just coming in closer and closer. <laughs> and the whole movie was like that. You know? right. So, so no, the attention span of the audience depends on your skill in, in storytelling. True. In cinema or in verbal. That's oral, true. Yeah, because you can watch a three-hour movie and it feels like it's ten minutes, you know, per se. You know what I mean? And then you're right. You yeah, and then some, some uh, have a lot of cuts and it, it's, yeah. you know, forever. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it's not attention span. It's your, your ability to tell a story. I mean, people, right. look, it's yeah. in our DNA. We are storytelling yeah. uh, sentient beings. Yes, we I are. Mean, that's part of us. Yeah. Uh, that's how we pass on information. Yeah. Back in the back in the day. Yeah. I mean, even the Indians used to do that. That's one of their main things. Oh yeah. Lore, lore. That's lore. that's important, man. And every so, culture has it too, not just, you know, every culture in the world has it and it's all stuff. Oh, yeah. Storytelling. And I feel like that's where a lot of our monsters have come from is from storytelling. We pull a lot of them from lore, I feel like. Oh, so, yeah. And from your, your subconscious, from the COVID. Yeah. Yep. Your monsters, you know. <laughs> and also, it's a teaching mechanism. You know, they don't go in the woods because of the snakes, but they tell you there's a big furry monster mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. So you're safe from the snakes because you don't want to go in because of the in monsters. Because of the monsters. But the, exactly. you stay from this. Yeah, so those are the two kind of things that I'm interested in, as you can probably tell from hearing me talk about it. Absolutely. But, uh, and then uh, there's other things I'm trying to work on, like getting enough exercise instead of sitting at a typewriter all day. Yeah. So yep. getting out. And with this COVID thing, jeez. Oh, you geez, can't go anywhere geez. right now. You can't. It's every, everywhere. Is, well, for the most part, where I am, everywhere is shut. Everywhere was shut down up until like two or three weeks ago. Couldn't go to a park. Uh, you, you couldn't go to the beach. You, where where you do you go to a restaurant? Uh, I live on an island right now. I mean, that it's opened up like I think about a month ago, technically. Um, I was just saying though, for instance, like for a long period of time, you weren't able to go to a beach, a restaurant, you know, any anywhere really. Well, that's I stopped going a long time ago, man. Yeah. I just uh, I used I, I just. Used my sense, mm. sense of survival, man. I don't exactly. understand these people with that, that 
Go to indoor restaurants. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. It's the most, that's so American. <laughs> and I use it as a pejorative. That is an American thing. Americans are really not only weird, they're just, uh, I don't know. Prideful. I'm very prideful. That's our problem. Too much pride. Prideful is, uh, prideful is being Understatement? Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> very nice way to put it. I appreciate your kindness <laughs> and your diplomacy. <laughs> yes. I try to be a little nice. Well, yeah. yeah. See, that's the difference between you and me. A little bit. There you go. I got to be a little nice to everybody. Well, well, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm your guest. I see. Well, no, yeah, well, yeah, I've actually, you know, it's funny you say that. I've always had an admiration for all movies that I've seen. You know, I, I specifically went, as soon as I found out you were my guest, I specifically went and watched um, Escape from Alcatraz because I love that premise of a movie. And I've oh, always yeah. liked that, that character, Charlie Butts. And I think I actually spoke with you about this on the phone. I was always curious about your character because... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because the whole time, the whole movie, you're, you're with the escape plan. You're ready to go. You're, you're knocking down everything you need to knock down. You're taking a pot, you sell, fine. And then it comes time to escape, and it seems like your character gets cold feet. But then right, you right. get the courage to go, but then you can't reach the um, thing that you're jumping up to grab, the, the, the grit, right? So I'm like, oh, man, that, I felt bad because... If you watch the other characters, when they cut back to the Clint Eastwood characters and all that, they, they're waiting for you. Like, they want you to come. Like, you could see that, that they're hesitant to even leave you at first. So, like, I always wondered, like, what was up with your character? Like, why didn't he leave? Well, that's an interesting question because I had the same question. Not, I had a different question, but the answer is going to be the same. Here's what happened. Uh, as an actor, you, you, you pick up stuff and you learn. And, and one of the things I picked up and learned along the way of making movies and asking questions and stuff was one of the things about acting is the actor protects his character. The character is always righteous. Even when he's wrong, he's doing it because he thinks this is the right thing to do. If I'm going to murder you, and I'm really going to murder you, and I do murder you, <laughs> then I acted because I thought... I had to murder you. That, that this, for me, for my self-preservation, it behooves me to murder you. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. You know, the cops will come and you're going to talk to them. Bang. Okay. So I have to protect that if I'm going to play the character uh, murderer. I have to start thinking in that way that, no, it's okay to kill and I got to kill this guy because the cops will catch me and then I don't want to go to jail. Mm -hmm. So that if I don't want to go to jail, this guy's got to die. It's a choice. And the best choice is either me or him. The best choice is save me. Bang, you're dead. So um, I was trying to protect my character, A, okay. going into this movie. And I had a line, and this is going to now clear everything for you, but it, it just brought up things. I had a line in the middle of the movie talking to Clint Eastwood where I say, I don't want to go. And he says, why? And I say, I can't swim. Oh, my God. I do remember that. And then I think he brings no, up no. no. I never said it. No, never said it, but 
I was trying to protect my character, so I went to the director, and I said, hey, what happened to my, I'm not, I don't want to go, I can't swim. And he said, oh, we're cutting that. And what do you mean? You're cutting that. Now, all I knew, see, now that, that's as much information as I knew as a, as, a, as a young actor. That's all I know. Protect your character, and, and there's two things in it. Protect your character, your character can't swim. That's an important line if you're going to escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. So I used that a little. I mean, not much, because I wasn't into acting at the time. I was still a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I was still in the committee and improvising. I didn't care about anything. You know, give me a thing, I'll just do it. <laughs> so um, I, 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 I wanted to... Uh, and and the, also, it's an important line. It's a character plot line. That's important to the character and, and what he does in this movie. I can't swim, and you're going to go across a bay. That That is going to be eating away at the character. For, you know, if I'm going to swim and I can't swim, I need to swim and I can't swim. Yeah. That's going to be eating at me all the way through until I get in the water. It's going to be, Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't know if I want to go. So when I said that, I, I, when I saw that, I went to the director. I said, hey, you cut this line. Now, the second thing I learned was if you have a plot line, whether it's a character plot line or a narrative plot line, they can't cut that because it's important to storytelling. So like people like you say, hey, why isn't that character going? You know, yeah. that you don't want to raise questions in the audience's mind. You want them to pay attention. So I said, so I knew uh, that if he cut that line, that scene could be cut. Because that's that was why that scene was there, to inform the audience that one of the characters who's escaping can't swim, which huh. brings up a problem. And that's good for the narrative. You know, oh, what do we do now? Is he going to talk? Should we tell him? Should we let him go along? Should we convince him to go along? Will we trust them to shut up and not say anything? If we leave him behind, you know, yeah. uh, so, so I said, no, 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 you can't. I, I'm telling the director this, who, who I revered, who is he's a Don Siegel is a white haired. I have white hair now, but back yeah. then I had black hair. <laughs> Not that he was a grandfather yet. to me. Yeah. He has a grandfather to me. So I was looking up to him and I was asking him, please don't cut my, my scene. That's, that's why I didn't want the line cut. Not, not so much because of my character. But because I knew if they cut that plot character line, the scene was no longer needed. So gotcha. I pleaded with him. I said, no, you can't cut the scene. He says, why can't I cut the scene? <laughs> this young actor who he liked me. He, yeah. he liked me as, as a kid. I mean, he knew I was naive. So he didn't get mad, but he was like, oh, really, Larry? I can't cut the scene? Why? He was like, you know, like talking to a kindergarten child. Oh really? Well, why can't you know? Why 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 can't we use blue? Uh, so I, I said because that's a plot line. You know, I'll lose my scene. I'll, I'll, well, no, what I, I didn't say. That. I didn't say I'd lose my scene. I said I'd lose my motivation for my character. I lied. I said no. I've been working on that. That's my backstory. That was my backstory. That's my backstory. I've been working on my character because he couldn't swim. So it's going through his mind all the time. I'm, I'm trying to convince him that I'm a real actor. So, so it's going on. It's my backstory. I studied on it. I studied on it. He said, okay, well, maybe we'll just put it in another scene. Don't worry about it. 
So he just wiped away the fact that we're going to save that scene. The scene's out. And now he's now I'm trying to save the line. Yeah. So you know, she said, "Well, maybe we'll put it in another scene," which he never did. And I never. I was so nervous about just being around all these people and stuff, and remember my own life. They never brought it up again. But um, I. That's why Charlie Butts didn't go, even though yeah. he, he he cried in the beginning. Now, I think here's the thing. When that scene came up, when it was time for me to leave, you know, when I kick out the thing, but I, 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 I don't want to go, and I start to cry. I'm sitting in my scene. It's a big close-up. When that scene came along, I was playing cards. It was going to be shot later in about two hours. Okay. So, but, but we all had a load on boats. So it was a really an amazing adventure, that movie, because it was all on all shot on Alcatraz. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, everything. So I spent wow. three months on Alcatraz. And what you have to do, yeah, and what you have to do is you, we all of the actors, 200 actors, all the, all the, wow. all the you know, the prisoners in the yard yeah. and everything, 200. So they had to show up whether or not they were working that day or not, because just to use them for background and different yeah. scenes, you just wow. had to be there. So every morning, all the all the motels in San Francisco along the bay, right right, right inside of the Golden Gate there, all, all the motels along the shore were booked by 200 a a actors and crew. So we all lived on the shore. And every morning at the, I think there was a 7 o'clock boat and an 8 o'clock boat, about 10 or 20 boats. You know, some of them were cruise ships, one of them were fishing boats, some of them were tourist boats, would line up and we would all board these boats. And, they would, and then there was another, they would come back and then there was another shift at an hour later, bring them back. And we would, and then they, and they would leave us there, and you would have to stay there the whole day, you, just if even if you had a shot or not, you just have to stay there until the boats brought everybody back <laughs> two shifts at, at eight o'clock, seven wow. o'clock, and eight o'clock. It's a long day. Yeah. So I was playing cards, and my scene was for two hours. You know this, this scene where I was breaking out of my cell. That's all I knew. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Butts breaks out of his cell. Eventually, does the it, thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm playing cards with the with the other crew who aren't working, and we're playing uh, poker and blah blah blah. And they look up behind me, and there's the the director Don Siegel standing behind me, looking behind me, and he goes, "What are you doing, Larry?" And I go, "I'm, I'm playing cards." Said, you know, <laughs> like, what's it look you're, like? you're breaking out of a, you're breaking out of your cell in two hours. Now he's never said it to me. I've been working there for a while. I mean, he's never come up to me and asked me what I'm doing or told me that I had a scene. You know, he's yeah, you're up, boom. So I don't know what's going on. And he goes, uh, you, you got a scene in two hours. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, I got it. I, I don't have any lines. Yeah, you, you got to cry. Oh, I do? Yeah. Oh, I didn't say that. Um, and he goes, uh, well, you got to have to cry. Can you cry? And I've got these cards in my hand, and all the crew now is just staring. What's going on? And, you know, we're in the middle of a pot, you know, <laughs> and it's to me. <laughs> I go, well, uh, and he goes, can you cry? And I go, uh, I don't know. I guess so. You guess so. Larry, I need you to cry. I don't think you should be playing cards if you don't know if you can cry or not. 
uh, I think you better go back into your dressing room and uh, try and see if you can okay, cry. Yeah. If you can't cry, you better slap yourself around because I need you to cry. <laughs> he looks at his watch. He goes in two hours. Oh my! So now I now I'm like whoa, and I go to the guys and I say, look, I, I you know, I gotta I gotta go. You know, yeah. so you go, yeah, yeah, hey, go ahead, you know. <laughs> and I split. So I go into my dressing room and I'm trying to cry. I can't cry. So I go looking for, I said, where's the director? Where's the director? And I go, and he goes, oh, he's over there. Uh, can I talk to you, Don? Oh, yeah. What's, what's, what's up, Larry? So look, uh, Don, I don't think I can, I don't, I don't think my character will cry. Because I couldn't cry. So <laughs> well, I'll come at it, you know, from, from the characters. You can cry with you. your eyes, though, no? Somehow. Right. Well, I go, I oh, just, no, he, he says, you, I want, he wanted me to cry. So he goes, he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, my character wouldn't cry in this situation. He says, really? I go, yeah, yeah, really. He says, Carol, come over here. Carol is his AD, his assistant. His assistant. She's about a 23-year-old woman. She comes over and she says, Carol, this is Larry. Larry's an actor. He's playing Charlie Butts. Larry, I want you to tell Carol what you just told me about Charlie. Just tell her. Now, we don't know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So I go, well, I just told him that my character wouldn't cry in this scene because my character wouldn't cry. He's not that kind of character because of my backstory. <laughs> She's standing there, you know, blank. She says, uh-oh. And then she looks at Don, and Don looks at her, and he says, and I'm standing right here, and he goes, can you tell me what the fuck he's talking about? I got a movie here. I got a movie here and I got all testosterone. And he's pointing at the ceiling. He goes, I got a movie here and this narrative is full of guys and these guys are angry and it's full oh of God. testosterone. And he says, look, I need another, I need another emotion here. He says, Larry, I need somebody to cry somewhere in this movie. I need another emotion besides anger about here, right here. He's pointing up in the air. Right here, I need a, somebody right here. He's made an arc in the sky, in, in the <laughs> ceiling, in the, in the Alcatraz. He goes, I need somebody to cry right here. Who, what, what scene is that right here? That's your scene, Larry. That's your scene. You got to cry. You got a half hour. You better slap yourself around, okay? Because I need somebody to cry right there, and that's you. And he says, thank you very much. Thank you, Carol. And he walks away. Now, I'm devastated, man. I go back in my head. So finally, I figure I'm going to get fired. Okay. So I can't cry. I go on. He says, well, Larry, you ready? Now, he's all jaunty jolly. <laughs> well, Larry, you ready? Yeah. I mean, that, that's my go-to thing. Yeah, sure. I'm fired. So in my mind, I was two days ahead of him. I was home, you know, watching TV already on yeah. the set in Alcatraz. I know. Yes, I'm going... You've been there, yeah. So, uh, so I, I go, yeah, fine. She's okay, get in your place. And then I didn't even know this. He moves the camera about that far away, that far away. Oh my! The if you look at it, it's it's a choker, man. The camera is right there, and he moves the camera and like this, right there, <laughs> like that. And I'm. And which is scary, man, because everything's blocked out. You just this lens is shining, and you're seeing it. She said, "Okay, you ready?" And you say, "Everybody ready?" Okay, Larry. Okay, you're gonna cry. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna cry. Okay, and action. It's not, it's not happening. You know. 
says, okay, cut. Very calm. He says, Jerry, bring it in. He comes in with a perfume bottle. You know, with the squeezers on the end of it. You know, those old-fashioned yeah, perfume yeah. bottles. Yeah. He comes in with one of those, and he goes up to my face, and he goes right off the side. He goes, <laughs> he sprays the shit on across <laughs> me. And, and I, tears are pouring down. And, and Don says, roll it, action, Larry. That's and I'm perfect. going, and tears are rolling down my eyes. Just cut. He goes, Larry, that was beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Moving on. Boom. It was wintergreen. Uh, it was winter. It makes you cry. And he that's great. He knew all along the entire wow. day. Wow. He that's just wanted to see if you could bring yourself there or if you would. Well, yes. And also, that was, I asked him about that later. I said, what the fuck was that, man? <laughs> I mean, that was, and he's laughing, and he goes, that's how we made movies in the old days, man, black and white. Oh, Everybody was put on, man. I like it, too, because cool. I, I bet the stress melted away the second that scene was done, too, right? Like, like all the hostility, even, was just gone. It was just done. I, I guess. I mean, I, I, you know? after that, it was just, uh, I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, obvious, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great, though. Uh, that's a great story. But, wow, man. I mean... That's it. And then he would, he would tell me stories about what they would do to each other back in the yeah. old days, black and white movies. Uh, he, he, he directed Lee Marvin and Lee J. Oh. Cobb and wow. all the big stars and uh, yeah. just on and on. Yeah, I mean, they would, uh, if there was a close-up like that in, in the old days, they would take off their pants. Because it was the, of, the, of the hot lights. Oh, yeah, because it would be so hot. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, in those days, the, hot, the lights were incredible. And those guys yeah. were wearing suits. This was like in the 50s. Yeah, they used the incandescent bulbs then. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, and, and everybody, even the, even the crew were in, in, yeah. in suits and ties. So it was sweaty on the set. Yeah. So they would take off their pants, you know. They would, they would do scenes in their underwear, you know. <laughs> and that was normal. Uh, and nowadays, you'd be... Yeah, that would not you know be the good. scene <laughs> in... Um, and uh, what's the, the Spielberg movie uh, the, the, uh, 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 with the Nazis and the the the, the, uh, the oh uh, Saving Private Ryan? No, 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 no. The uh, the it was in the old old days. Uh, oh, um, uh, it was a famous uh, the the cake. Where, where they opened it up and all these horror things came out. No, I can't think of it. Well, anyway, there was a scene where uh, four, uh, two of the stars were tied, male stars were tied back to back in a chair being tortured by the Nazis. So there were, there were ropes around, and they were, tried, they were tied two chairs back to back, you know, so they were sitting, I was facing this way, yeah, and then the other I was facing right. that way. So yeah. the rope went around both of them, you know, like this. Right? Yeah. So they're tied together, but their hands behind them, like this, and they were tied together. So that was a long scene where it was a father and a son, actually, with the stars and then the characters. So this is the first time they were ever together. They had been separated, and now they were captured. I guess one, the son was trying to save the father, or the father was trying to save the son. Yeah. So when they came together, they were captured. Now this is the first time they're together, they're tied together. So it's a long scene of a father and son tied together, going to be uh, tortured by the Nazis, and they're, and they're getting to know one another. Oh, so it's wow. a long scene. You know, it's father yeah. and son back to back. It's an interesting scene. It's a deep scene. scene. It's a deep scene. Yeah. 
So, so he told me, he said, well, that scene, they're both in their underwear. <laughs> all right i'm gonna look this so, up so done here. So, you know from here on in they're in these tweed suits man they were you know really well they were hot suits because they were you know old time 1927 1930 yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and, so. and they were scientists yeah. and they were they were tied up no i like yeah, that. he did from, his homework yeah so from yeah from the waist down though they were in their underwear and that was really funny, but, you know, so the crew couldn't stop laughing. They had to keep on breaking. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But, yeah, that's, so that's how it was. Anyway, that's, that's that story. Oh, that's great. But that's okay. why Charlie Butts. Uh, so I think what Don Siegel did was he put the crying scene in because it wasn't written. I mean, the scene of me kicking the thing out yeah. uh, and being left behind, that was it. That was in it. But the crying wasn't. And I think he needed the crying to see that I was, to show that I was scared or people like you would pick up that, hey, why isn't he going? Why, you know? And he thought, well, I cut that. Now, I still don't know why he cut it out, but I do know that there's a rule about screenwriting where don't tell the audience too much. Don't give them, uh, because if you give them too much information, they can guess the ending of the movie. Yeah, so do you think he wanted that up in the air for people who are maybe a little bit more perceptive to kind of question that and, and come up with their own theory or conclude? Because also, too, in my opinion, when you have theory, like when you have a fan base that comes with, up with different theories in a movie, it continues the fan base, right? Because it gives right. them something to talk about. Like Star Trek, right? You have a huge theory fan base about every Star Trek show. I mean, granted, as a very big fan base, but take away all those theories, it's not going to be talked about as much, right? I mean, so it helps yeah, yeah. keep it relevant. So it could um, be something yeah. like that, maybe. Well, I mean, as a, as a screenwriter and, and as a director, most directors are pretty good editors of screenplays. Mm. Uh, you know, on the set, they'll... <laughs> Roger Corman was told that, uh, uh, that the producer, when he was making these really cheap movies, I mean, mm. these really biker movies and stuff, Roger Corman, uh, these B-minus movies, uh, he would uh, the, the play drive-ins. The producer came up to him. I think the budget was like $10,000 or something like that. And he goes, hey, you're three days behind already. He said, no. He said, you're, you're, this is your third day of shooting. I think it was like a, like a 15-day shoot, shooting period. Yeah. He said, this is your first day, and you're three days behind already. <laughs> so, so Roger Corman oh, well. just took the script, opened it up, took randomly three pages together and just ripped them out. And he said, I'm back on schedule. <laughs> I mean, yes. directors are cool, man. Are so directors are the best people in the world. That's I mean, yeah, there's bad ones too. Who's your favorite to work with? The, the, my favorite is Don Siegel. I mean, I could tell you stories all day about what he told yeah. me and what, what was going on on that. I mean, because he was an expert. Because he knew he wasn't like kidding around. I mean, he made it like with me, that thing about take out the line and we'll, we'll lose that scene. There was another scene which he, he wanted to take, uh, he took out too. And then he let Don, he let Clint Eastwood uh, direct one scene where he was in it, the scene with the doctor, where uh, the, there's a scene where they're in the infirmary. There's a, a, a prisoner and there's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that, that's all. 
But it was a plot line in there. There was a reason for that scene. And Clint wanted He was teaching Clint how to direct. On that wow, movie. that early. Wow. Oh, we, even before that, every movie that he directed with Don Siegel, he was teaching him how to make a movie. Oh, wow. Don, uh, Clint Eastwood learned how to direct from Don Siegel. That's why he made so okay. many movies with him. He, why, he, that was his teacher. Makes so sense. in that There's scene, similarities in the movies too. It makes sense. Well, I, I guess yeah, the style. And, of uh, yeah, uh, and he, uh, but he's a student. Clint is a student hmm. of film. Uh, and Lear's Limericks. You know Lear's Limericks. Uh, off top of my head. There was once a lady so. from Nantucket. Oh, I do remember that that rhyme, yes. Well, that's called Lear's Limericks. There's a thousands of them. And Clint Eastwood is not only uh, up on that, movies, he's up on Lear's Limericks. You give him any subject, and he can give you Lear's Limerick, you know, at, at all. Wow. Uh, he, yeah, he's just amazing. That comes and, in handy with acting. Well, right. I, I guess, but just as a conversation piece, I mean, it was just amazing. I'm just plugging my computer, and I apologize. Oh, okay. God, he's plugging in his computer for. <laughs> it's all right. It's all set now. Uh, so yeah, so that uh, so yeah, directors are really really great. My favorite director is him, and I, I guess there's one more. Larry David is a pretty good uh, I, I director of actors. Big fan of Larry. What? I'm a, I'm a big fan of Larry. I love Kirby Enthusiasm. I, I call it Seinfeld with Swears. It's kind of how I refer oh, to it. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. But, I mean, he gave me a great, uh, a great direction. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other... Oh, John Houston, man. I worked with John. Yeah, he's great. Oh, what did he's... you like... What did you, I'm sorry. Uh, what did you like working on better, though? Uh, Friends or Seinfeld? Like, what did you have more fun working on? Friends or Seinfeld? Uh, Friends I had no fun on at all, man. None? Awful. Oh, not the I mean, first there may be nice people now because I'm a yeah, nice person yeah. now, but back then I wasn't nice, but neither were they. It was just a, a horror but trip. You get what you give, though, you know? I mean, you can't just... Exactly. I, I make no bones about it. It was my fault, but I had a terrible time, and they didn't help. They just stuck up. I mean, they were... Because I was there before they were friends. I was there yeah. before they went on the air. Okay. I was I was when they they shot six pilots, well six six ep they shot six mm -hmm. episodes before they went on the air, and they yep. told me, you know, I said, well, which one is going to go on first? Because I was on the third one, but they hadn't gone on the air yet, so they were just actors, just like me. You know, they didn't know what was going on. Mm. Could hit it, could miss. Yeah. So the first one was kind of nice because everybody was friendly and hey, well, we're gonna blah blah blah, uh, but. Then I was on the first year, the second year, and the third year. I was on five shows mm -hmm. yep. over over three years. So the first year, nothing. They they weren't even on the air. In the second year, they were a big hit. In the third year, they all had houses. And oh. Number one. The ego. So I saw them go from being ordinary people to being stuck up bitches, man. <laughs> I mean, whoa. Yeah, yeah, and then Oh, it's just... Uh, I believe it. So that's why I just upped my attitude. 
I don't blame him. And not for nothing, some of them have their own personal demons that make that kind of show. Well, they all, they are, we all have our personal yeah. demons, and money makes them come out. Way worse. Money may freeze the cold bin yeah. from what all those nightmares. Yeah. Oh, I can do anything I want. I don't have to censor myself now. I'm I mean, look, too fucking rich. I, look what Matthew Perry did. He literally almost drank himself to death. Yes. He killed his lover. Killed it. Murdered it. To the point yeah. where, where he was like literally the color red on TV and he lost so much weight because he had a, a drinking issue. And that's most likely due to his big, uh, having a big ego and being viewed. And yeah, being, well, I'm going to have to eat crow because I'm, I'm on the big, uh, you know, reunion in uh, August. So really? Hey, that would be a sixth episode. How about that? What? Right, you said you're doing a reunion oh, show? Oh, no, no, it's not an episode, though. Oh, okay, it's I was going to be a sixth episode. No, no, it's not a show. No, oh, okay. it's like a, uh, uh, it's like a talk thing. It's like an Academy Award. Kind oh, okay, of okay, I you got know, you. Hey, uh, hey, you know, hey, what did you do? And then they reminisce and they talk about backstage. They talk about what I'm talking about to you. you know, yeah, yeah, stories yeah. Stories about. So that's all it is, but I'm on it. So, that's cool. So uh, I'll be on it. So I'm going to have to eat crow because I'm going to have to be very nice because I, I insulted uh a lot of people. I, I That's really right. did. That's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, but I, I understand what I'm going into, and, and I know yeah. it's partly my fault. That's so all right. Well, to, remember, you're a comedian. You just got laughs. And if, you know, you were just testing new material, tell them. That's what I would say. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm trying to just go in and, relax. and ignore the whole thing. And just go in and, uh, you know, yeah. how you doing? You know, uh, yeah. you know, whoever that was, I don't know him either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was years ago. Yeah, so um, you liked working on Seinfeld a lot, though. Seinfeld, uh, no, the, you know, here's the thing: all famous sitcom, any kind of uh, recurring, any kind of episodic television, mm -hmm. any kind of group episodic television, whether they're hour cop shows, which I've been on, or half-hour sitcoms. Mm -hmm. If you're up there on the, on the charts, you know, in the top 10, and I've been on a lot of them, all companies, all the stars, the, the headliners, all the same. After every shot they huddle up, you're not part of it. You know, you're not part of it. And then if you have really good social skills, and I've watched other people join the group, yeah, you can get into it. But I remember I, I wheeled myself into one cop show's group at the huddle up, where... The, you know, they, they, okay, cut, and then they all talk to one another. Hey, you know, so how's your, your dog? I hear it was sick. You went to the veterinarian. Yeah, well, what was that about? Yeah. So, yeah, but I got, a, oh, you got a car. You got a new car. Yeah, well, yeah, but I got one of those uh, GPS things on it. It was a couple of years ago when GPS was new. Yeah, I got a yeah. new GPS. Larry, uh, you know, what kind of car do you drive? Um, well, I, um, yeah, I, I got a GPS. Uh, yeah, I got a GPS, too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, what is, uh, you know, what what kind? Where is it on your dashboard? No, I just got a little Dark one, garment. you know, where you buy and you, you, you suction Dark cup garment. it onto the uh, windshield. Oh, and that was the last words they spoke to me. They <laughs> spoke to me. And I was slowly closed out oh, of, the, of the group. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man, but it happens to all of us. It's not like I'm singling one. No, yeah. they all do oh. it, man. They just yeah. grow rich together yeah. in a little family. And yeah. it's just embarrassing, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to view, to watch. They lose who so, they are. They do. What? They, they end up losing who they are at their core. 
when that happens. Yeah, they're starting to talk about the cars, and because I pasted my thing on, that was the end of me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, really? You suction cup your GPS to the windshield? <laughs> and all, all of a sudden, what you're the man. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No more Larry, right? Fire him. That's it. You're getting fired now, Larry, for that one. Holy Bye-bye. <laughs> But they all do it. They all, yeah. all do it. Man. That's crazy. So after a while, I just, well, if I was on a sitcom, I'd probably do the same thing. I hope I wouldn't. No, but you start you to would. lose yourself. You start to see, oh, well, this is the average. Everybody is like us three or us yeah. five. They're all different but the same in, a, in their own weird ways in that oh, sense. Oh, God. You know, so anyway, with, with Larry David, though, he was really cool. But he, he ended up that way, too, because I auditioned uh, then for uh, – um, Curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm, and it was the same thing. I, same thing. You know, what the fuck? You know, oh, you know, get him out of here. You know. Yeah. Oh, what? Uh, but when I was on Seinfeld, he was really uh, good because he dug where I was coming from. We have the same sense of humor, mm -hmm. really. I mean, that's why I like Seinfeld. I mean, I watched it religiously. So, mm -hmm. uh, same. Uh, so it was my. That's my humor, you know. This, but he. Um, so anyway, I was doing. Um, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. My backstory on uh, a, a Tom Pepper who stole the raisins. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I did a little backstory on But I mean, as I read the, the, the... Oh, so he did steal the raisins. What? Did he steal the raisins? Is that what you're saying? I can't tell you or I have to kill you. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've signed an NDA on that. <laughs> I believe it because of how fucked up Hollywood is. I believe it. So, so... um. Uh, my, 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 my take, my instant take, not a backstory, my instant take on reading the part of Tom Pepper was he was a passive aggressive guy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear that. any more, anything about any more dried fruit, you know, but he was just, he held his anger in because he didn't punch Costanza. He just said, I don't want to hear anything about any dried fruit. He was holding it in. <laughs> so I thought, okay, who, what, what would be. What would be my image? Who who could I copy? What what who would Buster Keaton? That's who he is. He he refuses. He keeps it in, right? So I thought blank, nothing, do nothing. That was it. So that's what I was doing when I was doing that that part. I was trying to be blank, except when we just that little thing of dog. So I'm doing that scene where Costanza is talking to me, and I give that line about uh, dried fruit, and. I see that Larry David, everyone's, he, he doesn't direct. He stands on the side. A guy named Tom directs. He stands on the side and watches, but he watches his stars. And what he does is he'll come in with a, with a good line or a good thing. He's, he's always thinking funny. How can I make this funnier? So he'll go, Tom, wait a second. I want to talk to, you know, Jerry. And he'll go over to Jerry. He'll call him aside, which I think is really cool. He takes you aside. <laughs> And he goes in, and then they'll do the scene again, and it's funnier. I mean, the guy just knows what's funny. Yeah, funny. yeah. So he does it to all of them. So, so I, I, want, I was getting jealous. I was like, hey, I'm a funny guy. He's not talking to me. Why doesn't he give me something to be funnier? And then one day it happens, you know, uh, the fourth day of rehearsal. Ooh. And he goes, all right, Tom, uh, let me, I want to talk to Larry. Oh, he's going to talk to me. Oh, he's going to give me something. So he pulls me aside, and he goes, uh, now, again, back in them days, I really had an attitude problem, an attitude challenge. Mm -hmm. So he goes, he says, uh, 
I know, and he leans into me with a little attitude, you know, like he knows what's what's going on. He goes, "Oh yeah, I've, yeah. I know, I know what you're trying to do, Larry." Now that the word "trying," <laughs> I'm trying. I'm a professional actor. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm a professional actor. You're fucking trying. I'm not Buster Keaton down. What are you talking about? So anyway, I'm ready now. So I said, "Oh," and I go, "Really? Um, what am I trying to do, uh, Larry?" And I just give him a little attitude back. And he just doesn't even bother with that. He just says, you're trying to do nothing. And I was so blown away by this. exactly what I was trying to do. So, so anyway, he just took, pulled the rug right out from under. I, know, I just wonder, whoa, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I am. I was just, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what about it? He goes, well, you're doing something. And he walked away. And I thought, that's how to direct. That's how to direct. Wow. That's the best piece of direction I. That must have been a great feeling too, because you look up. You know, I'd imagine you looked up to him too at the time, or I'd imagine I mean, most people doing. You know, in, I, I, uh, I did one more take because I. Oh, oh, okay, that's great. He helped me. Mm. I did one more take. I see him coming towards me, and I go, "Oh, fuck, man, come on!" <laughs> but I, but I, he was walking too fast. I thought he's not coming to me. He's going to somebody behind me. But as he walked by me. He just whispered very fast. He's come by. He says, "You're still doing something." <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool about it that that's how. They, and John Houston was the the other one. So those are the the top uh, top three, I guess. Is okay. uh, John Houston is without a doubt the, the best. He is the greatest. Yeah. I mean, because he is monumental. And he did the most monumental. I don't know. You got time to, to hear, hear this? Uh, hey, I, I got all the time left. I'm just oh, okay. Zoom just shoot, shut out after so long. That's what I, I have no about. idea. Me neither. If it, if it does though, I'll just okay, call you or something. All right. Cool. All right well, all right, well I just tell you this, and then that, that, well, that's I, it. We, I, I have. Well, I, I'm enjoying this. Um, worst well, case, I, 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 well, I, I, I want to go right, but yeah, the, the yeah. importance to me. No, the, no, no. The importance to me. Of this is I'm writing a book about my life. Thank, thank you. And, yes, and, and 90 or at least 50 percent, if not more, is these confrontations back behind camera. Mm -hmm. In other words, the, the adventures of me making the film, not about making the film, yes. but me talking to John Houston, talking to Larry David, all the, all those things. The footwork so leading this up. Is, excuse me. The footwork leading up to what you're yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then my life and how i got into it and what i do off camera my girlfriend's during these times and my girlfriend during girlfriend. these times good catch good catch uh well <laughs> both <laughs> but yeah so so um i i want to record these things yeah. because of the research i'm doing for the book yes so, uh well, I'd love so, to be able to do more of these with you if, um, oh, you know, yeah, got yeah, the time sure. or if it's um, something you'd be interested in. But well, what if I just hit record again? Would that, would that do anything? Yeah, um, it should, it should be recording the whole time. This should have been recording oh, the whole time. All right. Well, anyway, so with John Houston, which is such an interesting thing about directors, and and again, I, I, I love Brian Cranston and yeah, yeah, all it's, the other, you know, and Aaron Paul is really a cool, a cool actor. Uh, a little, it's getting a little one note, but <laughs> intensity. I, we need intensity. Call Paul. Just, <laughs> uh, but 
but John Houston is okay. And 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 Don Siegel. So John Houston, well, the first thing that I do when I go uh, to any any set, whether it's a sitcom or a big time movie, or whatever, I go to the I go to the costume. I say, I you report to the AD. You say, Hi, I'm Larry Hank, and I'm here for blah blah blah. I'm doing the character, uh, uh, whatever. And they go, oh, all right, your dressing room's that way. And I say, is my, is my costume in my dressing room? And they'll either say no or yes. He says, yes, then I go to my dressing room. He says, no, I go to the costume department. I, I want to see my costume first. One, because if I catch it in time, like if I go to the costume room, they haven't put it in my costume yet, into my room yet, I, I, can, I can get a chance to maybe pick and choose. Because generally what they have is the costumes of the character gotcha. and they have choices. And then when it's time for them to put the costume into your dressing room, the costume designer comes in and chooses the exact one she wants for the scene, puts it in your dressing room. And then there's no change. You can't, that's it. But if you can get there, you can go to the costume designer and say, Hey, can I wear this instead of this? Sometimes they say, yeah. So I always want to go there. So that's what I did uh, for uh, Annie, the movie Annie, John, directed by John Huston. Um, he liked me from even from the audition. It was a good audition. He stuck up for me, not not the not the uh, casting director <laughs> who pulled. I had, I had hair down to here when I auditioned, oh, wow. and I was going to be a dog catcher. All right. So, so uh, you know, and this is 1930s. So yeah. I had about. My hair short, 30s. Wow. wow. So I had hair down here. So she gets behind me and she pulls my hair back into a ponytail and lifts it up. Mm -hmm. You know, gets. So he goes, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And she says, "Oh, I'm pulling the hair back so you see what it look like with a haircut." He says, "I'm a director. <laughs> I have imagination. Don't touch my my actors, please." <laughs> I thought, oh, up for me. That's a cool. That's a cool great. director, man. That's great. That is. And uh, yeah, so that was really good. So anyway, I go to the costume thing, and now the the uh, costume uh, designer's assistant is there, which is a very anal retentive gentleman, and uh, he goes, "What are you doing here?" Oh, I'm looking through my costume. I'm playing the dog catcher. I'm just looking at my costumes. He goes, "You can't be here." I go, yeah, I know. I, I asked the I asked the costume designer. She's down there. I asked for permission. I'm not. I'm, I didn't sneak in here. He says, well, you shouldn't be here. Please leave. I said, well, I I just want to pick out my costume. He said, there is no costume. There's only one costume for you, and I have it. I said, oh, could I see it? And he's really, you know, rude. Give me attitude, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, well, John Houston. I don't want to cause any trouble. So he goes, uh, well, here it is. And he hands me this folded piece of what looks like um, this color. You see this color? Yeah. I always have blocks of woods hanging around. Apparently. Wood, wood. So it's this color, tan. But it's like a garage mechanic's costume, which is right for a dog catcher, but it's tan. So I okay, oh, that's cool. But but it's it looks like a, a square of cardboard. What it is is he... He washed it thoroughly. It's totally clean. And then he folded it assiduously, perfectly into a square and starched it. Or he starched it first and then folded it. So now it's a starched piece of 
uh, tan cardboard, fully starched. And I go, and he hands it to me. This uh, 14 by 14 inch starched piece of cardboard. And I'm peeling it up. I remember my father's uh, white shirts used to be starched collars, starched white shirts. When I was yeah, yeah. And they used to love to peel it up, you know. <clears throat> you know, I'd love to. It's okay. So I'm doing that. And I said, I can't wear this. He goes, why not? I said, well, of course, it's starched. It's clean. I mean, uh, I'm a dog catcher in 1930 in lower Manhattan. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, 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 I carry dogs around. This has got to be filthy yes. and it's starched. How can I even put this on? It'll be creased. It'll be, I'm not wearing this. He goes, yes, you are. <laughs> and I go, no, I'm not. I, I'm not wearing this. You don't know what, you have no idea what this yeah. character, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, but laying right. out the law oh, but You're right though. You're right. You're right about I'm the fucking, character. I am fucking so right. Okay, you're going with me on my next audition. Okay, so. <laughs> Gladly. So, so uh, I said, no, I'm not wearing it. No. So he, he, he takes it back from me. He says, all right, we're going to go see Mr. Houston. I say, fine, fine. Let's go see Mr. Houston. Fine. So we, we march outside. We're, we're on location now at some, I don't know, college or something. And, um, or maybe on the set, I mean, maybe it's, uh, it's in Universal Studios, I don't know, but we're outside, and it had rained the night before, but it's a sunny day, but there's puddles all around, we can, we can walk, you know, places that are dry, walk, and there's John Houston, and he's watching his rushes for the day, sitting in his director's chair, he's watching the rushes on his TV screen, very wrapped into it, Mr. Mr. Houston, he says, can I come here, oh, he says, he says, yes, can I help you, oh, hello, Larry, so he remembered me from the audition. That's cool. It was my first day on the, on the yeah. set. Oh, hello, Larry. What seems to be the problem? And he's all friendly, you know. Yeah. I says, this gentleman, he points to me, this gentleman will not put this on. Uh, and the guy says, is that right, Larry? I go, yeah, I'm not going to put that on. Well, really, why, why not? So it starts. It's all clean. I'm a dog catcher. I mean, how can I wear this? That's ridiculous. I'm not putting that on. Uh, so then the, the guy's holding it. So he says, would you, John Houston, he says, would you please give me that? So the guy gives him the thing. So John Houston gets up, and as he's getting up, he's un unfolding it. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets it all, you know, but it's still stuck together. It's oh, just, yeah. Well, I'm like a cutout now. Yeah. He says, and he holds it up, and he holds it up, and he goes to the biggest puddle that's the nearest biggest puddle. He walks into it with his shoes, walks into the middle of the puddle with his shoes on, and he drops it into the puddle and walks on it. And then he picks it up, dripping wet, holds it out. He walks over to the costume designer's assistant. He hands it to him and he says, dry this out and put it on this actor, please. Thank you, Thank you Larry. And he turns back to his <laughs> That's a cool guy. That is a cool guy. And that's a smart director, and that's a, it's smart for you, too, because someone like me or smarter than myself is going to watch that, and they're going to pick that apart. And people look for things to pick apart. I mean, you know, I don't need to explain to you. You know how people are. I, I would do it all the time, man. Oh, there's yeah. a microphone up there. Look at that. I can see the tip of it. Yeah. yeah, so it's good that you pay attention to detail, and that that is going to show when you start directing your own films and doing your own thing. Oh, yeah, man. All attention that is going to show. Detail, man. Yes, that is going to show. The and detail, detail is going to show. 
and still I, I skip over. I don't pay enough attention, which is my Can't catch ADHD everything. and uh, no, it's ADHD and dyslexia. I mean, right. I have a learning disability mm. that I cope with. I mean, I, I there's a way around it. Yeah, sorta. But I mean, no, that, that the attention, uh, the OCD and the ADHD fight each other because the OD, OCD thing is is the ridiculous focus on just one thing over yes. and over again. Uh, but the uh, OCD, uh, the the the, uh, the 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 ADHD keeps you moving. The back ADHD yeah. part keeps me switching focus. Yeah. So I get you know completely focused on a lot of different things. It's it's not uh, oh, what, what do you call it? when you uh, do a lot of tasking. Multitasking. Multitasking. Uh, it's not multitasking. It's singular tasking. I don't do all of them at once. No, I just, just don't stay on times. one thing. <laughs> I just going yeah. around. Well, you seem to be doing pretty good, though. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, keep it up. Um, but before before you wrap it up, not that I even want to, because I know you yeah. have to get you want to get. Back I got to get writing. to writing. Yeah, but can we give you anything? One more, another plug in. Like, let's talk about just. No, well, the uh, the real LarryHankin.com. Just keep on going back there because we're loading it up. It's kind of like in the beta f- frame now. I mean, most of it, ninety percent of it is up. Okay. So you can see the pictures. You can see the videos. And I'll share it. I'll share it in the description as well. Like I'll put it in the videos. And also, uh, you know, look out for the, you know, Larry, the for the Larry Hankin movie, written by Larry Hankin. I may be in it too. Uh, I'll see if I have enough time. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a if I if I do, there's only one part I can do, and it's kind of yeah. a big part. And I don't know, I don't want to be rewriting and yep. and rehearsing. At the Creating same more time. work. I got you. Yeah, it's just too much. You know, yeah. The second one, uh, then I'd like to eventually I'd like to direct myself in something well, that I wrote. Um, but okay, um, that's that's the only two. Yeah, well, that's so, great. Seriously, that's great, and it, it was it was a pleasure to talk with you. Like I said, I've seen you on you. a lot of stuff, and this is like a little mini dream come true for myself. Um, so I I just I truly appreciate your time, Larry. I can't explain. Oh, okay, that thank enough, you very much. So thank you. Okay, now what, one last uh, thing. How do I get to look at the recording that I just made? Okay, so I'd imagine, I'm going to hit stop record right now.